And now it's time for Blossoms of My Life Radio with your host, Ramona Trevino. Ramona is a teacher, a pastor, a three-time author, and radio host since February 2018, helping people share their but God moment and helping people see and be the blossoms in life. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and listeners like you. Now here's Ramona. Thank you for tuning in to Blossoms of My Life Radio. I am honored and excited to be able to introduce to you um, our brother in Christ. He goes by the name of James Vogelzang, but he told me we can call him Jim. He has a nonprofit called Doing His Time Prison Ministry. I'm excited to hear about that. Um, He works out of the Colorado and Santa Barbara area here in California. Um, He also has two books. One of his books called Meditations and Prayers for Men and Women in Prison, a Daily Devotion, has um, over 500,000 copies in print in 50 countries translated into 17 languages. So I'm excited. I can't hear about that. And he has a new book called Come and See, which I'm really excited to hear about. And so I'm not going to hold up any longer. How are you, Jim? Hi, Ramona. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, I'm excited to hear all about your work. You know, I have a passion for working within uh, the prisons, the juvenile halls facility, and so I can't wait to hear about your work. But for our audience that doesn't know much about you, I'd love to hear a little bit of your testimony because I see your bio here. You actually worked 30 years in the investment management marketing business, so that's a big change. But... I imagine something happened in between there that was great. Well, uh, Ramona, my story is pretty familiar to your listeners. Uh, You know, I grew up in a a church-going family and went to Christian high school and Christian university, and uh, I had uh, lots of knowledge about God, but I had uh, no relationship with him. And, And so I was in the investment management business for 25 years, And then at age 36, 37, right in there, uh, uh, you know, I had a marital crisis and uh, uh, thought I was headed for divorce. And I picked up Chuck Colson's book. Uh, He's the founder of Prison uh, Fellowship. And the name of that book was Born Again. And I read that book and it just changed my life. And uh, uh, I, I, I thought if a guy like Chuck Colson can look at this as real, maybe I should too. And and um, I started to have this hunger, uh, my wife and I, to go into prison and uh, in one of his seminars. And so in Colorado in 1988, we actually spent a weekend at the Buena Vista Correctional Facility in Buena Vista, Colorado with Prison Fellowship. And you know what? After that, uh, I knew that um, I was hooked, that this is where the Lord was calling me to serve. Now, we didn't stopped doing the investment management business until almost 1999. But from 1988 until that time, I volunteered with Prison Fellowship, went into a lot of prisons. But it was in 1999 when I felt the Holy Spirit leading uh, my wife and I to shut down the investment management business and start doing his time. And uh, not long after that, uh, we did that. and, And I felt the Holy Spirit leading me to Uh, as uh, I wrote down, bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to men and women in prison using their language, their slang, and their culture. Uh, 
and uh, you know that was pretty much of a surprise uh, to me but uh, I went ahead and uh, began the devotional it took me eight years to write it as if I were in prison wow I would I would take the manuscript and send it in to men and women that I'd met in prison that they would uh, correct me but this prison devotional is written specifically for men and women in prison and that's not the power of the book of course the power of the book is that it has the love of jesus and the power of the gospel in it but the men and women in prison seem to relate to it because i speak to them as if i am in prison with them not unlike what it says in hebrews so uh we have made that book available the lord has blessed our ministry with resources and you are correct we have over five hundred thousand copies in 50 countries and 17 wow. languages and and that's just the holy spirit's uh uh, doing. I, I have not gone out and campaigned for the book. The book just, it sort of caught fire. Wow. And you know, that's just amazing because it's so important. I, I love that you said that you had them help you to translate and put in a language because you were giving them a part of this book as well. So that kind of probably touched their heart that, wow, you actually want me to help you write this book. And it kind of, I, you know, whoever did help you, that helped them. Well, I mentioned a lot of the people that uh, helped me write the book in the beginning of the book. And uh, you're right. They, they felt very much uh, included in that whole process. Um, but as I said, it's not some stylistic twist that I have put on the book that makes it popular in 50 countries. It's no. the fact that when they read it, they see the power of the gospel. They see the power of the cross and the love of Jesus coming through every page. And that's what's important, I think, um, with a lot of us authors that I never thought I would write a book. You know, I don't know how you felt when you were told to write this book. That's a Holy Spirit. Like, you know, you're going to do it and you're like, ah, you know, because um, it's a it's it take it's a quite a journey. Just like you said, it took you quite a while to write, um, trying to get it right. And then, how do I find the editors? And how do I find a publisher? And you know, with me, my publisher went under, so a lot of us lost money because of the money invested. But then the Lord's like, "That's okay. I'll show you how to do it on your own." And so, you know, it's like a, it's a journey to, to write books. It is. It's quite a journey. Ramona, my, uh, the, the lesson that I would share about writing a book or following the lead of the Holy Spirit is you just have to begin. Yep. Um, you have to obey. When you feel the Holy Spirit, and for me, a nudge of the Holy Spirit feels like a little, you know, Jack Russell Terrier that's got a hold of my <laughs> pant leg and I can't shake it off. Then I, then I know that uh, that's the nudge of the Holy Spirit. And, and I never really know what the Holy Spirit's up to. So I just have to obey. And so for eight years, I wrote this book and rewrote this book and rewrote this yep. book. And slowly the Holy Spirit uh, put it together and through a number of really miraculous uh, connections uh, and and got it out there. So uh, my advice is if you feel the Holy Spirit, you know, just begin, just start doing it. Yeah, just write. That's why I've had a lot of people ask me and I've helped a few people. But just how do I start? Where do I know? And I'm like, you know, whenever I write, I just, I pray and I get from the computer and I'm like, okay, where do you want me to start? And it usually just takes off. That's just me. That's how it works with me. Everybody's different. You know, some people are journal, some people, 
do different things to get started. And so what a beautiful testimony that after so many years, you actually were able to start having a relationship with Christ. I think that's really important for today's Christian to know too, because there's a lot of Christians that think they're saved, but they haven't truly met and had a full relationship with Christ. And they, they'll uh, know. Well, you know, it doesn't, um, uh, it, I didn't, I wasn't like the Apostle Paul where I was knocked off my horse. It was a slow process. Right. I found, I found myself uh, thirsting more for the word. I found myself wanting to go to a better church, yep. a Christ-centered Christ church. So to me, it's like uh, fishing. You know, you get a fish on the line. You just don't crank them in. You got to just take it slow. And, but slowly, the Holy Spirit reeled me in. And that's, uh, I think that's the way it is with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to want it. You have to kind of put yourself in the high beams of the Holy Spirit to say, you know, if it is true, I want it to be true, and uh, approach Jesus with the idea that, you know, you are who you say you are, and I can trust that, and so I'm just going to put myself out there and, and let you lead me, uh, you know, into a relationship. Yep, and that's, yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. I, I, I met Christ, but then trying to find that church, you know, where you feel like what you said, that I know there's more, there's got to be more. This can't be it because I'm just coming to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, but I think there's more, you know, and, and I thirsted for more until I could find some place that could actually feed my soul to the place to where I wanted it to be. And then once that happened, of course, everything takes off. Um, and so your first book, Doing His Time, Meditations and Prayers, we talked about that right now and how you got that into the prisons. It's just beautiful. And then now, do you go into California prisons or are you just mainly in Colorado? Oh, no. Uh, we have uh, the second part of the ministry. Let me quickly touch on that is in Colorado because I originally was from Colorado and moved, the Lord moved me to California, which is uh, too long a story to, uh, to go into here. But in Colorado, we have a, what I call a uh, spiritual triage ministry for families and inmates when they get out of prison. We have an old medical condo where we have a big clothes closet and i have two ex-offenders who uh, uh help inmates when they get out of prison uh, we get clothes we give them a backpack full of hygiene items we give them uh, work uh, work boots and non-skid uh, restaurant uh, shoes if they need a job for that we we help about 1800 ex-offenders a year come through wow and uh, to get them back on their feet and uh it's amazing we don't preach to them. We don't, you know, we don't make them pray with us if we will, if they want to. But we're just there to be the hands and face of Christ to them. And it's interesting that uh, we keep track of all the inmate numbers. And over the last ten years, there must be I don't know twenty thousand men and women coming through. Only thirteen percent of them have gone back to prison because we run their numbers to see if they're back in the system. And uh, that compares to about fifty percent uh, for the state of Colorado. So. Obviously, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's doing something with these folks. Right. The recidivism rate. I know when we were working with the juvenile hall in Hollister area where I was working before I retired and came to Bakersfield, that was something that I would focus on when I went in there. What can we do for that reentry? How do we get them to reenter into society, right? 
and have um, jobs and, and feel supported and, you know, who they can contact, mentors, all of that is so greatly needed. And so, wow, I love that. And so doing that in Colorado, so now are you in some yeah, we, uh, yeah, let me interrupt a minute. We only do that in Colorado, but okay. we share the DNA of how we do that with other with other small ministries around the country. Oh, nice. As far as the book is concerned, uh, you know, the book is in every prison in the United States, uh, in both Spanish and English, and, and uh, uh, you know, we give the books away to chaplains and small ministries for free. So as many books as they want, uh, they can get. Wow. Okay. That's good to know. I have a pastor friend in San Francisco. He does Save by Grace prison reentry, and he's just getting into San Quentin again. After the COVID, you know, it was hard for the chaplains to get back in. And so he's right now in, um, he's super excited because now we're getting into San Quentin. So that's, that's huge. But I'm going to connect him with you after. Let's talk about your new book, Jim. Um, okay. Come and see an invitation to reclaim your life's balance. Tell me about that. Well, you know that's an entirely different book. During COVID, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit say, uh, "I want you to write a book uh, for unchurched women, women who have no use for Jesus, women who have been scarred by the church or uh, or by God or organized religion." And I want you to write a book and, and explain to them and, and suggest to them that the love of Jesus uh, is the cure for their emotional vertigo. Because, you know, women are smart. Uh, they know something's missing in their lives and they don't necessarily know how to, how to fix it. But kind of the red warning light in their heart goes off and, and they, they say, you know, I'm out of balance, but I'm not sure how to, how to fix it. This book is not a preachy book. It's not a self-help book. What it is is it follows Jesus' interaction with uh, the woman at the well, the woman with the bleeding disorder, and the woman caught in adultery, and the lessons of love and forgiveness and, uh, that Jesus exhibited toward those women. We try to bring women to a threshold. I would call this a threshold book in that we don't tell them what to think. We don't tell them uh, that they have to do this. We bring them to a point where we want them to say, maybe you should take a second look. Maybe you should just come and see if the love of Jesus is something that could be the cure for your emotional vertigo. I love that. Come and see. I heard that on The Chosen. <laughs> yeah, it's a very common, it's a real common title. And, uh, you know, it's in the Bible, but that's just where it is. And, uh, uh, we have given that book now, we have printed that book and given it away to all the women's prisons uh, in the United States, but it's really not written specifically for prisoners. It's written for women of a certain age who, where life has beaten them up pretty good and uh, they're looking around and saying, you know, is this all there is? And maybe they've tried drugs or sex or booze or whatever to try to, try to find out uh, why they're feeling so imbalanced. And, and so we're hoping that they're the most likely readers of the book. The likely buyer of the book is probably someone like you or, or me or somebody who knows friends that uh, are struggling a little bit and hand them a copy of the book. I'm not sure they'll go to Costco and, or Amazon and automatically just, just buy this book. It's probably going to be kind of a gift. But it's not a self-help book. This is not, you know, five rules for easy living. You know, um, 
it, it's a book that demands absolutely no achievement, no striving. Uh, it is a book that just says, take a look at the love of Jesus, examine grace and forgiveness, the free gift, and see once whether, you know, maybe you ought to give Jesus a second look. I mean, you know, you had to ask, these, uh, ask yourself, how's it going so far on your own? And most of them would say, well, it's not going very well at all. So um, we're just putting it out there for them. The Holy Spirit's just saying, come and take a second look. Yeah, sometimes I wonder, you know, when you're ministering to someone and they don't know God and you ask them if they want to hear about the gospel message, uh, no, I'm fine, I don't need anything to do with God, and you want to ask, um, but are you really fine? Because yeah. th th there's an area in your life that probably isn't fine, because there yeah. usually is an area that's missing something when you don't fill it with the love of Christ. And um, it's really sad when they walk away. But then, you know, you know, when you're ministering to somebody that denies that, that, that you at least planted that seed so that the next time they hear someone, they're like, you're the second person in a week that's asked me this question. What is going on? Well, let me tell you what's going on. <laughs> it's kind of, that's how the Lord pursues well, us. Yeah, you're right, Ramona. Now, I, I want to make sure I make something clear to your listeners is that just like the prison book that I wrote using their language, uh, the Holy Spirit told me to write this book using the language of the unchurched women. So it can be a little raw in places. It uses some language that may, you may not find in Christianity today or some of the other. But it's there not to not to shock or to... Uh, it's there so that the woman you give the book to or the woman that picks up this book will see that I'm relating to them where they live. Yeah. Because the, cent the central theme of this book is that for women struggling with issues like self-worth or value or purpose, that they will see that in the eyes of Jesus, they have always had value. Yeah. They have always had worth and they've always had an identity. And they no longer have to look to their careers or their children or their lovers or their money or what wine they're drinking or their, how good their job is because they never have to use that measuring tape of inadequacy to sort of see if they measure up, that they're good enough, pretty enough, or successful enough, you know, to earn value. With Jesus, you know, the, the sufficiency and being accepted are already built into, the, uh, into, into grace, into the program. Wow. That's beautiful. You know, that's beautiful because it's very much needed, probably. And probably even for people that maybe met Christ and have kind of slipped away in the relationship, kind of just a reminder for them, you know. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so well, now. Yep. That's, um, that's, that's who it's there for. That's who it's there for, and I love it because I think right now, I think there's just like this, this movement, you know, we're watching all the, re the little revivals going on with that gener this, this generation that so needs Christ. And we need things like this to bring everybody back to that love, bring, recharge that fire. Because we could get so flooded with everything in the worldview that we forget that this is not our home. That's correct. You know, when I'm in prison with women, the most uh, the thing they want to talk most about is forgiveness, not only forgiveness for others, but how do they forgive themselves. And so I would say that the most important message of come and see is that grace and forgiveness are real and they're available through the unconditional love of 
Jesus and that no matter where you are, what you've done, that love is there and available unconditionally. And it'll, and, and by accepting that love, uh, you'll redefine your self-image and you'll be able to reset life's priorities and you'll begin to restore the wholeness, uh, that, frankly, that a lot of women are seeking. Yes. Very important. But, you know, Ramon, if I could just say one thing, I want, I want the listener to understand that this is, I don't think that the love of Jesus is some sort of magic salve that you put yeah. on your hand and, you know, and all the pain of life goes away. That's not, that's not what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not. Life is tough. Pain is real. Loss, divorce, uh, all of those are very, very hard things. But what I am saying is that the love of Jesus won't leave you in those places, that he will take you out of them and you will feel love and accept it and get through those with you, even when you don't think you can make it through on your own. Oh, yeah. I've been there and done a lot of things to try to feel like, how am I going to make it, you know, and, and I don't know. I look back on my life and I think so many times, I, how did I even make it this far? I mean, it had to just be God's grace because the things that from my past and just trying and struggling to fill that gap, it, it was just such a long journey, right? But I thank God for his patience. You know, um, today is always a good day. Whoever's listening, today is always a good day because tomorrow is never promised. And I learned that really quickly in my relationship with Christ that tomorrow might not come. And today is the day. Today is always a good day to just ask the Lord to come into your life. Ask the Lord, can you really forgive me? Yes, he can. The Bible says that he will and, and he'll continue to once you acknowledge him. And it's just a beautiful walk. And yes, it is hard. I'm not going to say it's easy. It is hard. You're right, Jim. But we know who's with us. That's the beauty of it. Right. And the more we get to learn who he is. How can people get a hold of you, Jim? Well, uh, you can go to uh, org, and you can communicate with us there. You can order uh, books if you're a prison ministry or a jail ministry and wanting a case of books. We send a case or about 30 books per case. And you can look at uh, the Come and See book at uh, my website, www.jamescvogelsang.com, or you can go to Amazon or, or um uh, Barnes and Noble, but because the title is so common, if you're going to go to Amazon, go to Come and See Vogelzang Book. That's sort of what you have to type in, Come and See Vogelzang Book, and you can get that book both in Kindle, we have it on paperback, hardcover, and we even have an audio book that was professionally recorded. And then with doing his time, you can get both copies, you can get the Kindle or the uh, paperback, and of course it's also available in Spanish. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, just so the audience know, um, Jim's last name, and goes under James, and his last name is spelled V like Victor, O-G like Gary, E-L, Z like Zebra, A-N-G like Gary. So Vogel Zang. So just in case you're looking. Awesome. Anything last minute that you'd love to share, talk, something to talk about? No, you know what? I'm just uh, so happy that you have given me an opportunity to talk to uh, your listeners. Um, 
I'm just uh, pleased that the Holy Spirit has put us together and that uh, we have an opportunity to talk about these two books. So thank you, Ramona. I really appreciate it. I just uh, uh, pray that uh, whoever's listening may just uh, pull over and grab their phone and pick up a copy of the book or just uh, maybe even say a little prayer like, Jesus, if you're real, uh, it's time to it's time that we get together. Right. And just to be able to meet him. You know, I'm hoping to, I'll probably connect you, Jim, to um, Pastor Ronnie up in San Francisco. We're saved by Grace Ministries just so that way he can look at what you're doing and, and connect with you and maybe get some books for his friends Absolutely. that he's going to go see at San Quentin. And I think he's in San Bruno. And um, just, it would just be amazing. Um, I love the work that you're doing. I'm very, very grateful for the time that you've invested. Um, you know, the countless hours that it took you to put these together and praise God, you know, blessings over the, the men and women who helped you in prison to edit, you know, over those years that you said, are, do you still have contact with them? You know, I've been doing this so long that I have contact with uh, more than a few people in prison. Uh, but to, uh, frankly, most of the men and women that I have uh, corresponded with and ministered to in prison, they are out. They're, uh, they, they, they have finally been released. And so it's been a real celebration for me to go to Colorado and to various parts of New York, the women's prison in New York, and meet with these people who I've known inside the walls for so long, and now they're breathing free air. Oh, I love it. So you mentioned New York. Do you have a program that you do in New York as well? No, what I like to do is, uh, well, we send the books to everywhere, but what I have is a network of chaplains that, of course, I've met because of the of the book. Uh, and what I really love to do is I love to go in and speak to their congregations or speak to the, uh, the inmates. So I try to uh, get a circuit and go out and speak to as many in as many prisons as I can. And uh, that way I get to know folks and kind of share the share my story and share the uh the love of jesus with them and then sign a few books if they want them but um i i think this prison ministry is probably one of the most underrated and undiscovered yet uh most spectacular avenues of uh, of christian ministry oh there's so much work that needs to be done with people that are in prison i mean you know i'm always praying for different individuals that we come across and then because I know God can still use them there if they haven't met him. You know, there's so much that can happen there. Um, and I know that there's so much coming against, you know, our friends that are there. But there's so much that can happen, too, if we have people that step in like you. Well, you know, uh, the the love of Jesus has the power to, uh, you know, change the fundamental structure of the human heart. and uh, of course, we all know what that is. That's just selfishness. Uh, the heart is self-centered, yep. and yet uh, the love of Jesus can can turn that uh, from from going inward on on ourselves to uh, moving outward toward others. And of course, that's the model that Jesus uh, lived here on Earth, and it's a model that really brings uh, peace and joy to us here when we don't live for ourselves, but we live for other people. Praise God. Well, we're at that place where I'm going to close this out in prayer, Jim. I, I okay. thank you. I know you had jury duty this week, but I thank you that the Lord allowed us this opportunity. And 
I'm, I'm very grateful and I'd love to have you on again, you know, as your different works come about. I'm sure there's going to be more work that come through you, but I, I'd love you to be able to use us for a platform whenever you want to share something, Jim. Thank you, Ramona. Anytime you want me on, if I can make it, if I have something uh, to say, I'll be more than happy to come on. Praise God. Don't hang up after I pray, okay? Okay. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father. I thank you for this time that we've had together, Father. Father, I just ask, Father God, that the words that were shared, Father, that they penetrate into somebody's heart today, Father. I pray that the information that your son shared in regards to his book and his ministry work, stirred somebody's heart today, Father. Father, I pray that those that are listening to our voices today, Father, that if they want a book, that they can reach out to someone that can help them get one, if maybe they can't get one where they're at. But, Father, that those individuals that can get some books can get them to them, Father God. I pray a blessing over Jim and his wife and, Father, the hands and his feet that take him to different places, Father. I thank you for his heart and his passion, Father, to serve. I pray, Father God, that their ministry, Father, that continues to flourish and continues to just, just go into places that, Father, that other people that right now aren't able to get into, but he is able to get in right now, Father. And then I pray that others follow. Father, I ask, Father God, that you bless him, Father. I ask for a blessing over our audience today. And I pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, Ramona. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to this edition of Blossoms of My Life Radio. This program is listener-supported. Blossoms of My Life Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. To contact Ramona regarding donations, sharing your God story, or requests about her books, you can write to Ramona. Ramona Trevino, P.O. Box 22731. Bakersfield, California, 93390. That's P.O. Box 22731. Bakersfield, California, 93390. Her website is the letter I, the letter M, dauntless.org. That's I am dauntless.org. Her email is Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. That's Ramona at blossomsofmylife.org. This program is a production and sponsored by Blossoms of My Life Radio Ministry and through listeners like you. And in closing, we just want to remind you to remember to see and be a blossom in someone's life.